The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. You see the phrase over and over again. I know you see it just like I do. And and, uh, the title of the message is simple. It's all the people because as we read the text, as we looked at last week, it's all about the people. You see that God is kind of continuing the thought about now what he wants. As he's built a a wall and reminded the people what the wall was for, now he's trying to do a work in them. He wants to do a work in the people's hearts. He has had the wall built for them. He has set up leaders for them. But now can I just submit to you this morning, the work that God is wanting to do is in the hearts of all the people. God wants to build up their hearts. God wants to draw their hearts to him. God wants to make a people to himself here. And God is using the word of God in this place. And can you see the, the kind of picture of this? The wall is done. The, 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 the gates are done. And here they are in Jerusalem. They're at the water gate. I don't know if you've ever been to Israel, but uh, they, they're at the water gate. And they're there at that gate. And the people are gathered there. And there's just tons and tons of people all around. And uh, in order for the people to hear the man of God, uh, they had to build a pulpit of wood, the Bible says. Now, I know when we think pulpit... In our words, we think this is a pulpit. Uh, I'm telling you, um, Ezra didn't stand on one of these. Uh, when they talk about a pulpit of wood, they're talking about a platform that they built. They built a, a, a podium. They built a, a platform. And they built it up, and they put it up high. And you can kind of see the reason for this. They didn't have, uh, you know, microphones. They didn't have a way for people to see. If people were in the back, they wanted people to see. And so they built a, put a platform, and they put Ezra up on the platform so that people could hear him and so that people could see him, because what he was doing there was so important. What he was about to do was the Bible was about to come back. The law, the word of God, was about to come back to the people. The people had been without it for so long. The people had lived without it for so long. But now, right at the very center of society, in the center of their their walls, at that gate, in the center of their city, right in that place, they built a pulpit of wood, they built a platform, and the man of God took the scrolls. And the the people, when they heard the word of God, the Bible says they, they stood up. There was something significant that was happening. There was something important that was happening. There was something that they needed that was about to take place. And uh, Ezra opened up the the word of God and he began to read it to the people. I want you to see the kind of people that were there. Verse 2 tells us uh, there were people that were, there were men there, there were women there. And then do you see in verse number 2, what else does it say about it? It says all the people that could what? Could understand. Anybody who could hear and understand, you know what that's telling us? Even children, children that had the ability to listen and understand, they brought them too. It wasn't just, you know, children that, you know, sometimes, come on, we get them in here and that's why we have a nursery. (laughs) They're here, they don't care about what I'm saying, they don't care about what you're saying, they don't even understand what we're saying. All they understand is is food and toys and, uh, you know, whatever else that we have to do for them. So we we do that for them, we minister to them over there. And while we're here, you know, we gather together all the people that can hear and understand. And, And the purpose of that is the word of God's being given. The word of God's being preached. The word of God's being opened. And all the people need to hear and all the people need to understand because it's important for us. You know, this is, a, this is something that we need as a people. And so I, I want you to see these, these, these things about all the people. Number one, this morning, all the people showed up. 
all the people showed up. If you look at verse number uh, 1 of chapter 8, it says, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man. You know what's an awesome thing uh, uh, for a pastor in the church is when everybody shows up. Come on, are you with me? Isn't it great when everybody shows up? When, you know, when everybody comes, when everybody says, hey, what's going on over there? The Word of God's going to be opened. The Word of God's going to be preached. And we need that in our lives. And this is important to us. And it's important that we show up. How many know it's important that we show up? You know, all the people gather themselves together. There was an invitation given, but sometimes, come on, are you with me? Sometimes an invitation is given. Sometimes we know what's going on, but sometimes we have a problem. Sometimes we have this tendency, are you with me, that we don't show up. We just don't always show up like we should. And so all the people showed up. They all gathered. The Bible says they gathered together as one man. They were unified. They were there for the same purpose. They were there for the same reason. They had a, a reason for being there. They showed up. Come on, are you with me? How many know that showing up sometimes is a big deal? Just being there. How many thankful for mom and dad that showed up in your life? They were there. They were there for you. They were there when they were supposed to be. You know, if you didn't grow up that way, you understand what it's like uh, to have somebody, to need somebody to show up, and they're not there for you. How many, how many glad for Jesus that he showed up? You know, he showed up. We needed him, and he showed up. He was there. He was right where he was supposed to be. He was there when he was supposed to be. He was faithful. How many know that God wants to make us faithful like he's faithful? All the people showed up. They understood the reason. They understood the importance of it. They understood why they were there. They weren't there for other reasons. They were there to hear the word of God. Are you with me this morning? I, I'm thankful for, you know, the, the worship time, the announcement time, the music time, all that stuff. I think it's all good. It all prepares our hearts for something. But I tell you, there's nothing more important than hearing the word of God read and preached and taught so that we could have an understanding as, as a people, all of us together. Are we not a body? Hey, listen, all the body needs it. Everybody needs it. All of us together. I'm thankful there's somebody right now in that gymnasium with tons of kids next door, and they're preaching and teaching the Word of God. Brother Damon's over there. I know he's preaching something to them. You know, he's, he's probably more animated. You, you go over there, he's probably more animated than I am this morning. He loves to preach. And he, he's over there preaching and teaching all those kids so they can understand. So they can understand what? The Word of God. Because the Word of God's important, isn't it? If you believe the Word of God's important, say amen. You believe that? The Word of God's important. The Word of God's preeminent. It's supposed to be preeminent in our lives. And so all the people, they gathered. All the people showed up. Notice who showed up. The men showed up. The women showed up. The children showed up. They got there. They got in their places. They gathered together. Hey, listen, there were so many people that showed up. They had to build a platform to put... Ezra up high on the platform so they could see him because there were so many people there that he couldn't see. And so they had to put him up there so that he could be seen and so he could be heard because it was important. And listen, what we're doing here today, listen, let me tell you, uh, what you do with your Sunday, that's important to God. When you come here to, to hear the word of God preached, that's important to God. It's important that we show up. It's important that we show up and we, we come for the right reasons. Notice they were all motivated by the same thing. They all wanted to come to hear the word of God. Listen, that's so important why we come, isn't it? Isn't it just as important that we come, the reason for why we come? Listen, sometimes we come, are you with me? Sometimes we come for the wrong reason. Sometimes we come because we feel pressured to come. Listen, I'm not trying to pressure you to do something for me. Are you with me? I, if, I'm, if I'm trying to put any pressure on you, it's the kind of right pressure that you need. Isn't it amazing that sometimes the motivation 
We're okay to be motivated. We, I, I grew up in a time where, you know, the coach, he kind of, he'd grab, he, he'd grab the, the football player by the, by the uh, face mask and kind of get in there and, you know, kind of motivate him a little bit. You know, if you did that today, there'd be lawsuits on our hands, I understand, you know, because did you see how he grabbed his face mask? I, 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 I'm just saying, sometimes we're a little sensitive. And when I'm being motivated to, to what's right, I need to say, hey, listen, I need, to, I need a positive motivation in my life. How about you? I like when people motivate me to be a good husband. I like when people motivate me to be a good father. I like when people motivate me to follow the Lord the way that, hey, listen, I need that motivation in my life. I need that. So sometimes it takes a little bit of a motivation, a little bit of a push, hey, to say, hey, this is important, and what I'm doing over here is not as important. Have you ever done like me and you just had a problem with your priorities? You kind of were spending time in areas or money in areas or you know, and you were neglecting an important area of your life for something that wasn't as important. Listen, I'm all for fun, I'm all for hobbies and all those things, but not in the place of what's the most important thing. You know, what we see today happening is the home's coming apart, marriage is coming apart, and family's coming apart. And I tell you, one of the best things you can do for your family is bring your family to God's house. And bring them, and come. Let them hear the word of God. Let them see what's important. Let them know what's important. Let them, let them hear that statement loud and clear and say, hey, listen, it's important for us that we love God, that we show respect for God and God's people and that we love what God loves and we're not going to not show up. We're going to be there. We're going to show up. You can count on us. And that's what all the people did. They showed up. Listen, something amazing happened, didn't it? You know, if all the people, you know what happens sometimes is we see some tremendous, last Sunday was just tremendous to my soul. Just had a blessing. Just all day was just a blessing and God just worked, and, and it was just a wonderful day, and people are still talking about it all throughout the week, and I was getting messages. God was doing things in people's lives, and I thought, you know, what I was sad for is the people that didn't, didn't show up. Are you with me? Because sometimes you miss the blessing because you don't show up. You're not there. Have you ever missed one of your kids' games? Have you ever missed their play? Have you ever missed, you know, time that you should have had with your spouse? You know, and you kind of, you know, you didn't get it there on time, or you kind of fumbled through something, and you, didn't, you just didn't do what you were supposed to. You weren't where you were supposed to. You ever have that regret and said, boy, I wish I wouldn't have missed that. I wish I wouldn't have missed that. Listen, we need to be that way with God's house. We need to be that way with, with hey, listen, if, if something's going to keep me away, it's not going to be because I made a choice to do it. It's because there's some things that, you know, just I, we're out of my control. I understand that those things happen all the time. I'm just saying, but I'm going to make it a priority that I'm going to show up. I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. And, and I can be counted on. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man. Notice they all showed up. The men showed up. The women showed up. The children showed up. And notice what they showed up for. They showed up to hear the word. They showed up for the right reason. They wanted to hear God's word. It's amazing what will happen when we show up for the right reasons, when our motives in our heart are pure. Notice all the people showed up. Verse number four, I want you to see something. And verse number five, rather. All the people stood up. All the people stood up. Notice, and Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. They saw him open it. Come on, are you with me? They saw him open the book. They saw him. They, they, he opened up the book, and what did they do? They didn't wait for him to say, stand up. You know what they did? They stood up. He opened the book and they stood up. You know what's amazing about how they stood up? The Bible says that he read from morning until midday. For six hours, those people, men, women, and children, they stood up and they stayed there, standing there, listening. They were glued to what was being said. Uh, 
I don't know if you've ever seen, but uh, I saw a, a video not too long ago of a group of Chinese believers in a church. And if you know anything about China, China for many, many years, thank God the, the country is opening a little bit more to missionaries and to the gospel. And I know friends, I've got friends that are there. And um, a lot of times what they'd have to go, they'd have to go as teachers and then they can bring the word of God, you know, teach on the side. But, you know, the, the problem is, is that it was closed and people weren't allowed to own Bibles and people weren't allowed to read Bibles. And people, that was, that was in an interesting communist countries, the first thing that goes is God. You know why? Because God is what makes people desire freedom. It's interesting that socialism will tell us that, that religion and God is what keeps people shackled. And we're trying to unshackle you from all of that by, by relieving you of God and, your, and the Bible and all this judgment stuff. And you, you'll hear liberals use that kind of terminology. They just want uh, to take this off our hands, you know, because, because this is oppressing us. I'll tell you something. Whatever country, whatever place, and whatever time, and if you know anything about history, when they took this away from people, they were easily enslaved. When they took this away from people, they were easily enslaved. It's a sad time. You look in Europe in the Dark Ages. You know what? There were people that didn't have the Bible. They didn't have the Bible in their own language. And the sad thing is, is the religionist people, the, the church people, the ritualistic religion people, you know what they were doing? They were, they were doing religi religious ritual, but they were doing it in a language that people didn't understand. Nobody, the common people, couldn't understand. They couldn't understand. So you know what they would do? They would tell them things that weren't in the Bible. And the people couldn't check it. They couldn't read it for themselves. And so they just believed whatever that religion, whatever that faith told them, even though it was a lie. So they were teaching them all these things that were not true, but the people had no understanding of the word of God. And guess what that did? It enslaved them. It shackled them. You know what ceased? Art and music and education. And, you know, the people were living in a time that was called the Dark Ages. And I'll tell you, any people that ever got a hold of this book and they got in their own language, you know what they wanted? Freedom. Freedom. I tell you, that's how our country came to be. You know why? Because they wanted to leave the oppression of those that wanted to take this away from them and they wanted to be able to worship God as this book said they could worship God. You know what people want to do today? They want to change history. They want to erase that. They want to get rid of that. They want to, uh, they want to kind of put some white out over that part of our history. But if you read any history about any of the leaders, none of those men were perfect men by any league. None of those men were flawless men by any league. All of them had warts like we have warts. All of them had baggage like we have baggage. All of them had done stupid things like we do stupid things. Can you imagine if somebody looked at the history of our life and studied us? Remember somebody studied your week this week. Would they find anything a little, you know, kind of that you wouldn't want published in the news? Are you with me? And so sometimes we, we, we look back, and you know what people like to do? They like to shine a light on all that negative stuff. So while we're looking over here, they want to take this away from us. Are you with me? While we're looking to the side, they want to take away this from us because, you know, any people that ever lost this, they were easily enslaved, easily enshackled. I'll give you Hitler. What did Hitler do? What, did the, what was one of the things he did? He took this, and what did he do? He burned it, threw it on the, on the heap and tried to burn it. Listen, there have been leaders and dictators that have tried to burn this and take away people, take this away from people. But I'll tell you where the word of God is read, where the word of God is understood, where the word of God is made preeminent, there is liberty. There is freedom. It was amazing as I watched uh, some of these uh, Chinese believers, uh, someone had sent them some Bibles in their language. And they were passing them out. 
They just had a few there. It was a group of people, maybe 20, 25 people in the room. And they were passing out these Bibles. And as they uh, took the Bibles, you could see them. They were, they were clutching them, clutching them. And they had, up until this point, only a couple pages of the Bible. And they only had a few pages of the Bible, but they had them. And they were holding on to them. And then they had been given a copy of the Bible. And you saw some of them began to kiss. They were, they were kissing it. They were, hold, they were weeping. And they would begin to slowly just kind of unwrap it because they didn't want to damage it. And they wanted to, it was precious to them. It was, it was something to them. Listen, come on this morning. We didn't come to worship a book bound in leather with gold leaf. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't come to worship a book. We came to worship the God of the book. But I'm telling you, there's something that this book represents. There's a, a truth that marches on through it. There's a, a living, breathing element of the word of God. And God never meant for us to worship scrolls. And he never meant for us to worship books. And he never meant for us to worship, you know, leather binding and symbolism. He meant for us to worship the God of the book. He is the word, isn't he? Made flesh that dwelled among us. And all of a sudden, you know what the people began to do? They saw him open the book, and, and one by one, they began to stand up. And you know what they were saying? Loud and clear to everyone that's around us, this is an important moment. This is a monumental moment. This is something that means something. This is something that demands my allegiance. This is something that demands my affection. This is something that demands my attention. And they began to pay attention. The Bible says all the people were attentive to what the word of God had to say, and he's just reading the word. He's just reading it. For six hours, he's reading the word, and the people are standing there. And the Bible says, as the word is read, they begin to weep. And they're weeping. He had to say, please don't weep anymore. Don't be sorrowing anymore. Uh, go have joy and mirth and understand the joy of the Lord is your strength. But they were weeping. They were so happy. They were so enjoying. And listen, come on, are you with me? What does that do for us, church? When's this over? Come on, are you with me? Our favorite shows, we could binge watch those on Netflix. Are you with me? We could watch them for hours and hours and hours. We can watch sports events and hope they go into extra innings. Are you with me? Hope that they go longer. We, we come and we, we want the best seats in those events. We want the best uh, we want to be up front. We pay attention. These things are demanding our attention today. But when it comes to this, we're asleep, church. Are you with me? This doesn't get our attention anymore. It's not as important anymore. But can I remind you this morning so that you and I could have a copy of God's Word in our language? Listen, there was a man, Gutenberg, who, who made the movable type printing press. He made it possible so that books could be printed in England in the language of the people, let me tell you, the first book he printed was the Bible. You know, he's persecuted for that, martyred for that. You know how many people, like Tyndale and others, they were burned at the stake. I'm talking about in places like Europe. I'm not talking about barbaric countries. I'm talking about the most refined of the countries in the world at the time. They were burned at the stake for doing nothing else than printing this in the language of the common people. Can I tell you, the enemy hates this. He doesn't want people to have this. He doesn't want people to know this. Why? Because this is powerful. This changes lives. This gets people 
from paying attention to something that's not important to all of a sudden standing up and saying, hey, there's something more important that I need to be at. There's something more important that I need to pay attention to. There's something more important with doing with my life other than living for myself and just working uh, you know, my, my 40 hours a week plus or whatever else and paying my bills and having my toys and going on vacation and eating, drinking, being married. Hey, there's something, some other more important reason that God has put me on this planet. And you know what this does? It unlocks that. It starts to say, hey, you're, you're more important than what this world's taught you you are. You're, you're not just some evolutionary sludge. Are you with me? You're, you're, you're not just some meaningless accident. You're, you're not just some, some fetus that decided to, you know, through, through chance and the survival of the fittest that you somehow made it. There's something deeper than that, and that's that God chose you. Are you with me? That God loves you and that he chose you, and that he saved you, and that he gave you his word, and there's a purpose for your life now, and it goes deeper than just the day in, day out. Come on, are you with me? Some people, they live for the grind. They live for the day in, day out, and their lives are meaningless, and their lives are pointless, but I tell you, there's nothing, nothing, nothing that's better than seeing someone's eyes open, seeing someone's lives change. You know what? I'm so excited. (laughs) Yesterday, we were out, I was with the kids, and we were visiting some of these kids that came in today, and we were telling them about the school supplies, and I had two of my kids with me, and, and we were going into it, and listen, the neighborhood was rough, and the kids are outside, and listen, no parents, you know how it is, there's all these little kids, three, four, five years old, they're playing in the streets, cars are coming, beeping at them, no, no adults all around, and we're kind of interacting with the kids, and this one little boy, uh, I went to give him an invitation, and he said this to me, he said, he said, I can't do church. And the kid must have been six or seven years old. I'm like, what in the world? Six or seven, he's already, I can't do church. I can't do church. And I said, why can't you do church? I said, what's the matter? He goes, I'm Muslim. And I said, okay. I said, Can I, let me tell you something. I said, I don't care what you are, you're welcome at our church. Doesn't matter what you are. Doesn't matter what you are. You know what he did? He got this big old smile on his face. He wouldn't take the, take the flyer. He grabbed the flyer. He went running to his house. I heard him open the door, and he said, hey, mom, the guy from church said Muslims are allowed at their church. Can I go to church? You know why? Because Muslims are allowed at the church. You know who's not allowed at the church? Nobody. Everybody's allowed. Everybody can come. You say, what criterion do they have to fulfill? They have to be breathing. What neighbor, neighborhood do they have to come from? It doesn't matter what neighborhood. doesn't matter what color. doesn't matter what language they speak. doesn't matter what religion they have. It doesn't matter. Hey, listen, because it's all about the people. And you know what happens when people learn the truth? It sets them free. It sets them free. You know what he did? He grabbed a handful of the flyers and started giving them out to his friends. Say, hey, you can come to church. And you can come to church. And you can come to church. Hey, the kid that thought he couldn't come, he wasn't allowed. You know, we want to say the message loud and clear. Everybody's allowed. Everybody's allowed. He stood up. He said something's important. Hey, come on. You see some of us, we see the direction our country's going in. Hey, listen, I'm thankful. Hey, there's some prayer going on in, in, in Washington, D.C. I'm thankful the word of God. I'm thankful for these things that are happening. But I tell you, church, let us never think. Let us never think that the government getting right is what's going to fix our country. The church of living God has to stand up again we got to stand up. That's what he said, all the people. What did all the people do? They stood up. 
Listen, let me ask you a question, church. When it comes to the Word of God in your life, are you standing up or are you sitting down? Are you awake or are you asleep? Are you living for it or are you just kind of looking over it? Sometimes we don't listen to it. Sometimes we just look over it. And sometimes, hey, listen, we begin to learn from it and then we begin to live for it. I want to live for it. How many know that when you start living for this, boy, it changes everything. Changes everything. Listen, I've seen marriages that had no hope with hope again. I've seen families that were coming apart put back together again. I've seen people who said it was all over find out that it was not even started yet. Find out they had never had it before. People that thought their life was over found out they never had life until they had Jesus And all of a sudden they got Jesus and now they had life. And Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it. What more church? More abundantly. He didn't come to give us some dry, ritualistic, kind of going through the motions, kind of robotic, cookie cutter, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, kind of church. He came to change our lives and make us use us, our unique gifts and talents and abilities for his glory. Nobody in here wants you to be like them. We all want you to be like Jesus. I don't want you to be like me. I don't want you to be like somebody else. I want you to be like Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, when God makes us in his image and his likeness, boy, it's never the same. The people stood up. All the people showed up. All the people stood up. Lastly, you said, boy, I could have wrote your message this morning. I know, it's simple. But you understand who I'm talking to this morning, all right? Some of you, you didn't even get that joke, all right? Uh, all the people spoke up. All the people spoke up. I want you to look at verse number six. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And what's the phrase, church? All right, there's five of you. What's the phrase, church? If you don't get it, we're going to have to start over. What's the phrase, church? Some of you, just for self-preservation, you said it. And all the people answered, what'd they say? Amen. Amen. They didn't say it once. They said it twice. They hoped, listen, if we say it a few more times, maybe he'll wrap it up. Maybe we can go to lunch. Amen. Hey, can I tell you, amen. We think amen, the end of our prayer. We think amen, what we say before we eat. We think amen when it's all over. Can I tell you what amen means? Amen means I understand. Amen means I agree. That's what it means. When a church says amen, when the pastor says, can I get an amen? Are you with me? What's he wanting? He wants the church to say, I get it. I understand it. And I agree with it. I said this in Sunday school. How many have your kids and you've given them some instruction and you, after you get done, you kind of you look them in the eye and you say this to them. What do you say? Do you understand and then you get that glazed over look, like I'm getting right now. That pre-lunchtime, Sunday morning, I'm a wreck. You know, my eyes are glazed over and I'm just hanging on for dear life right now. Pastor, I need a nap. Look. And some of you, you know what that look is. It's like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. As a matter of fact, I just started paying attention just now because you made a joke. I was, my mind was somewhere else. You know what he says? Amen. Hey, you said, you understand. You know how they understood? The Bible tells us how they understood. 
Verse number 7 tells us how they understood. The word of God was being read. The teachers were teaching so that the people could make a sense of what it said, so they could understand what it said. How many know that God doesn't just want his word read? He wants it explained. <laughs> he says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, exhort, rebuke with all long suffering. He doesn't want someone to come up and, you know, kind of just kind of dirge through and this is the reading this morning and this is what and all the people drone and they give the droning answer and, and this is our prayer this morning and all the people drone and everybody drones and then they leave and they go watch football. Come on, are you with me? It's no wonder. It's no wonder. Nobody gets it. Nobody understands it. Whose life has been changed by that? What happens? Hey, listen, we need to understand it. That's why God chose the foolishness of preaching. I get that it's foolishness. I get that what I do is foolish. I understand it. But I understand that God chose it. I understand that God wants it. And listen, I'm happy to be a, a mouthpiece, if you would. You say, you got a big mouth. That's why God chose it. He knew I was be talking to you, and you needed a big mouth. Sometimes you've got to be louder than all the other noises. Are you with me? Sometimes you've got to lift up your voice so the people can hear. Sometimes you've got to come down so the people can understand. Why? Because the most important thing for us to hear this morning is the Word of God. The most important thing for us to understand this morning is not my opinion. It's not my political alignment. It's not my uh, uh, opinion on a matter. The most important thing that we need to get is what this says. Because it applies to all of us. All the people showed up, all the people stood up, all the people spoke up. You know what they said? Amen. I understand. And then they said it again. Amen. You know what that means? I understand and I agree. How many of you ever looked at that kid after they said, I get it, I understand? How many would balk at asking this a question? Do you agree with that? You know whatever command you gave to your kids. Do you agree with that? How many would be afraid a little bit? of the lack of agreement that might come from the command that you gave. But how many know that it's a wonderful thing when we understand and we agree? That's why when we preach, we preach this. Because you're not going to agree with me about everything and not going to agree with you about everything. How many know that already? We didn't come together today to agree about our preferences we didn't come today to agree together about our politics. We didn't come today to agree about, about whatever it is that sometimes in church we get sidelined for when we make church a social club, when we make church something other than what it's supposed to be. We came to agree around this. We came to hear this, to understand this, and to agree around this. When God's people understand and when they agree, guess what happens? Worship. Worship. You know what happened? All those people understood it had been hundreds of years since they had been removed from their country, led into captivity, brought away into these other countries 
taught all kinds of lies and nonsense, worshipped all these other gods, and now God had loved them, and God had restored them, and God had brought them back to their home, and God had built a wall around them, and God had set some leadership up above them, and God had given the word back to them. And what they needed now more than anything was to agree, and that community was going to come together, not around their politics, and not around their preferences, not around their popularity, but they were going to come around God's word and say, amen and amen. We agree and we'll live what it says. That changed the way the society functioned. It changed the way the society worked. All of a sudden, what became the center, what became the focus, what became the heartbeat again was the Word of God. Can I tell you, what you need in your home is the Word of God. What you need in your marriage is the Word of God. But what you need in your life is the Word of God. And when the Word of God becomes the center and you understand it, and you agree with it, boy, God is going to bring some tremendous blessings into your life. He's going to open up the windows of heaven, pour out blessings on you that you won't be able to contain. I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher, but I believe in a God who blesses his people. I believe in a God who supplies all of our need. And I'll tell you, I'm not here to give you dreams and wishes. I'm here to tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. And I'll tell you what the word of God says is true. And let God be true and every man a liar. Our children need to have something to put their foot on, be able to stand on. Listen, all other ground is sinking sand. It's no wonder all our kids, God help us, I love these children, these kids, but they're growing up in a very confusing world, aren't they? And there's no truth, and there's no right, and there's no lines, and there's no laws, and even the people that are in their life that are there to protect them are enemies. And I'll tell you, The Word of God says otherwise. All other ground is sinking sand. And church, we can't afford to put our feet anywhere else. You say, is this about the Word? Read the chapter. It's all about the Word. It's all about the Word. This isn't a contrived message so that I can get done what I want to get done in the church today. You read the chapter. It's all about the Word coming back to the people and the people agreeing with the Word and what God does with the people who love his word and who live his word. Come on. When it comes to the word of God, we need to understand and agree something this morning. I need to learn it. I need to love it. I need to live it. I need to learn it. Come on, are you with me? Maybe that's where you're at this morning. You say, I got saved, but I, I, haven't, I haven't been open in this. I learned what it means to become a Christian. I learned what it meant to, to become a child of God. But it's been a while since I cracked one of these open. Can I tell you? This is bread. This is water. You can't live without it. As a Christian, you'll starve. As a Christian, you'll dry up. You need this. It's bread. It's water. And are you thirsty, church, for the right things? I need to learn it. Give yourselves to the reading. Give yourselves to the study. Give yourselves to the listening to the preaching of God's word. And listen, before long, you'll look back in your life and say, boy, I'm learning it. I'm learning it. What I didn't get before, I'm starting to get now. And guess what? We have the greatest teacher. No, not me. We have the greatest teacher. It's the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says he lives inside every believer, and he is able to teach us 
all things. I didn't come here to encourage you to have more confidence in me, have more confidence in this, and more confidence in the spirit that is in you. And understand he can teach you. I'm not afraid for you to open this and learn it for yourself. And get this, I'm not afraid for you to open this and check what I say with what it says. Because somebody who wants to speak a word that nobody can check, I'm afraid of those people. Listen, if somebody came and gave you a word from the Lord, and they got a word of knowledge from the Spirit, and it doesn't go back to here, we got a problem. We got a problem. Because I need to compare all spiritual things with spiritual. I need to be able to go to back to the Word of God and understand, thus saith the Lord, that God never operates His will outside of His Word. I need to learn it. How about this? I need to love it. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The law, thy law, O Lord, do I love. I love it, David said. Why? Because it was health to him. It was life to him. They learn, love, and then gets this, live it. If you learn it and you love it, you won't have a hard time living it. Most people have a hard time living it because they don't understand it. They don't rightly divide it. They heard somebody that is a critic of the Word of God talk about the Word of God, and they started to show to unlock all these things that are wrong with the Bible. Listen, critics come and go. Read it for yourself. Open it. Read it. You have it. How many know in America we can buy one of these at a dollar store? I'm talking about places in this world where it's banned and burned. We can buy it at a dollar store. We will be held accountable for that. We have it, so many, so many of us, we have so many of these. But when's the last time we opened it? I learn it, I love it, I live it. Listen, it's all about the word. After it was all about the people, it became all about the word. But all the people, all the people showed up. Let's show up, church. Are you with me? All the people stood up. Let's stand up, church. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. How many know that when it's time to go to battle, soldiers need to stand? We don't sit, we stand. Because it's time for us to stand up. We're making ready to do something. And then what? All the people spoke up. Find your voice for God. How many are tired of all the people have a voice against God and you can't find your voice for God? Come on, stand up. Speak up. I'm talking about the Savior who hung naked on a cross, unashamed for you. Don't you be ashamed at your workplace of him. Don't you be ashamed of your fa- in, in front of your family of him. Don't you be ashamed out here in this world of him. He hung naked on a cross, unashamed of you. And he took all your sins on himself. And he loves you with an everlasting love. Let's say like Paul this morning, I'm done. Come on, are you with me? I'm done. That's the point you want to hear. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God and the salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And listen, as soon as you open up your mouth, guess what? Critics are going to come. I got them. You got them. They're going to criticize. They're going to try to throw a wrench in what we're doing. They're trying to pull us astray and distract us. But let's be like Nehemiah. I'm doing a good work. I can't come down. I can't stop. I got to keep going. Hey, there's going to be opposition. You don't want opposition. Do nothing and say nothing. But when you stand up, and you speak up, 
Be ready for the opposition to come. But let's continue forward. May God help us to do so. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.